Talk of the Town is a public service program produced by Midwest Family Springfield, airing Sunday morning on 92.7 WMAY, 98.7 WNNS, 97.7 WQLZ, and 102.5 The Lake. The mission of the show is to provide you with new information on the great organizations and great people in the Springfield area who work hard to make things easier for others throughout our community and to make Springfield a better place to live. The intent of this program is to be timely, topical, to entertain, and to inform. And welcome. This is Talk of the Town. This is Trent Nelson, and we have another great show for you this weekend, this lovely Sunday morning. We've got Brooke Dunn of the Central Illinois Food Bank here to talk to us about uh, how we can participate in helping our community and why it's important to think of others as it regards uh, hunger and food insecurity. Then we have President Cinda Klickna. She wears many a hat. Uh, On this sit-down, she'll be wearing the hat of the president of the Dana Thomas House Foundation, here to talk to us about um, the beautiful, lovely work inside the house that Frank Lloyd Wright designed for a wealthy socialite, uh, philanthropist, many, many decades ago. And then our final chat of the day is with Visit Springfield's own Amy Beadle. She is one of our dearest friends and if you thought that August was full of things to do, you've got to stay tuned because September is jam-packed, chock-full of fun, of interesting exhibits, opportunities. So stay tuned, stay locked in, grab some coffee, maybe some eggs if it's still that time when you're hungry and... This is Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. This is Trent Nelson. We've got a friend on today that we've never had on the show before, but I've had the great pleasure of interviewing her previously for some written work. Her name is Brooke Dunn. She's the PR manager for something called the Central Illinois Food Bank, which I presume most of you have heard of. And if not, you're about to hear it during this interview. Brooke, such a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show this morning. Thank you for having me. I very much appreciate it. We love company. It's one of the threads that ties um, Talk of the Town and all of our guests together. So we'll jump right into it real quick. Let's pretend that no one knows anything like we so often do on this show. What is the Central Illinois Food Bank? Yeah, that is a great question. So the Central Illinois Food Bank essentially has a partnership with food pantries. So that is a common misconception that people often confuse a food bank with food pantries. So when you're going into a food pantry and you see the typical like dry goods and sometimes they'll even have fresh food as well. That is a food pantry, and we work with over 140 pantries to help distribute food. So we are a food distribution center, so we actually don't do – we don't have a pantry at the food bank, but we essentially partner with other pantries to help provide them with food through, you know, we we have grants. We'll have, you know, partnerships with local grocery stores. We receive food in various different ways, and then – we work with the pantries to get food to them. So that's essentially how the food bank works. So really, it is 
similar to how you go to a grocery store to purchase items, but the grocery store gets the items from a distributor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the grocery store in this analogy is the food pantry, mm-hmm. and the distributor is what you all do yeah. over at the yeah. Central Illinois Food Bank. That is fantastic. Thank you for explaining some of that to us. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, surely you all do all of this work behind the scenes all the time, making sure that all the food pantries have all that they need to supply the community with. You work with them all, I presume. All within 21 counties. It, we do have certain criteria that we've developed over whether we'll kind of accept a pantry like under our wing, essentially. But yeah, so we work with 140 pantries over the 21 counties in central and southern Illinois. So that's kind of our scope for the food bank. And we're a small but mighty team. There's a lot of very large food banks up north that are providing for the you know greater Chicago area. But if you think about those rural areas in central and southern Illinois, often get forgotten. And if you're going into those towns that are, you know, very rural and unfortunately, you know, very low income, you really need the support of a food bank and pantry partnership in order to help feed our neighbors. And that really does go into my next question. You've hit it before I've hit it. I've set you up nice. I I really appreciate you so much, (laughs) Ms. Dunn. Brooke Dunn of the Central Illinois Food Bank, talk of the town here with us today. Really our pleasure. Why is it so important to care about making sure that our neighbors have food? It is so incredibly important, and I think a part of it comes from it's something that people who have food don't even think about. Whereas if you are somebody who is having to look at when is my next meal, where is it going to come from, that is all that's going to consume your mind. And when you're able to feed and nourish people, they're able to thrive in their personal life. You know, I have the opportunity of being able to live a life in which I can be creative and I can thrive under certain circumstances because I am fed, you know, and people aren't going to think about it if they're not hungry. But I think that we really, we really want to encourage people to look back and think there are people next to me in a very close vicinity in the same town that are struggling to find food. And it's our neighbors. It is not necessarily the stereotypes that we often put on people who we consider to struggle with hunger. It's your neighbors. It is the family who just had a new kid and maybe just lost their job. It might be a student who's struggling to, you know, make it through the semester. There's so many different circumstances in which people are struggling to find food. So I think people just need to scale back a little bit and think about when you're hungry, imagine how much that affects you. Like when, if you're going between like, say you skipped breakfast and you didn't have a chance to eat until like 2 p.m. For a standard person, that might happen every now and again. And you can feel how, you know, how painful that is. Imagine that being a daily struggle. Absolutely. And it's such a wonderful point that you bring up because um, still down in a different way, um, food insecurity is a certain lack of personal freedom. We cannot accomplish as much Mm -hmm. when we do not have the resources. And in fact, as Professor Will Durant once said, we lose and have less freedom in these states to, to, as you said, explore and be our best selves. Mm -hmm. So again, we have to consider others, right? But let's take it a step further. If we all live in an interconnected society, then a person not doing as well affects us all. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think 
Um, something that we in the United States struggle with is we almost too heavily emphasize independence. We don't have as much of a community focus as other nations in the world. Interdependence. Yes. And so I think that's something that America uniquely struggles with. And we as a community, I would love to see us be more connected as a community. And I think that Springfield does a really great job of that. And I am so glad that I'm able to live in a place where we really work on, you know, community and you know, especially in our 21 counties, I think we have a strong bond. And it, similar with that rural um, mentality, it's all, you know, we're in this together. So I think that we're there. We just need to take it a step further. Of course. And that's always the step, right? We're trying to always build upon our past progress. Always build forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we let you go this morning, how can people who are listening to this, who are concerned, who said, I never even thought of it that way. I can't believe I'm letting my, my neighbor, my, my friend, leaving them hungry. What can people do? There are so many things that people can do. Central Illinois Food Bank has a website, and I would say that is probably your first step if you're interested. It's www.centralilfoodbank.org. There are volunteer opportunities on there. We post all of the opportunities. All you have to do is go online and sign up, and you will be right in, and you'll be able to be a part of the team at the Central Illinois Food Bank. You are more than welcome to donate. There is a billing information portal on our website. All you have to do is put in your information and, you know, click submit and it's super easy, super simple. Every dollar helps. It really can spread quite a bit or, you know, just spread awareness about hunger. Something that I think is a really sweet thing that people can do is invite your neighbor over for dinner. You know, if you're not able to volunteer or donate, totally understand, make that connection with somebody, put that face to hunger and, you know, invite somebody over for dinner. Some of my favorite moments in my life are when I get to share a meal with a friend. And I would encourage everybody who is listening to do that because it is quite enriching. When we give to others, we give to ourselves. Absolutely. That is the message that Brooke Dunn is here given to us this morning, PR manager over at the Central Illinois Food Bank. We are so humbled that you're down here with us this morning. Thanks for coming by. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Talk of the town, Trent Nelson. Thanks for listening. Talk of the town, this is Trent Nelson, and we are here this morning with our great and lovely friend, President Cindy Click. Now, last time she came on the show, she was wearing a different hat, and we love hats here. She was acting as the president of the Sangamon County Historical Society, but today she's here to speak with us, acting as the president of the Dana Thomas House Foundation, another remarkable institution, I wouldn't say hiding, but perhaps hanging out in Springfield, Sangamon County. Uh, If you haven't been to the Dana Thomas uh, house, it is brilliant. Frank Lloyd Wright designed it, put it together. It is a breathtaking institution, so much so that when people pass it, they know that it's a Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, almost without even knowing they know it. Cindy Klickna, thank you so much for joining us once again. I love talking about the Dana Thomas house. Why do you love talking about the Dana Thomas house, President? Well, first of all, we are so lucky that we have this in our city. And it is a gem that many people haven't even been to. You know, in the 1980s, Governor Thompson was the one who helped save this house when the state purchased it. And then when you dig into the history, uh, the architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, and the, the art glass that is just stunning in this house, 
And then the lady who lived there, Susan Lawrence Dana, who is just fascinating. Her story, her such she was such a socialite and such a philanthropist for our city. She was a ball of fire. She was definitely a ball of fire, yes. So the foundation was established. Actually, this is our 40th year we're celebrating. Congratulations. Yes. Um, It was established as the Friends Group to help when the house was purchased by the state. And the goal at that time was to try to bring back items that had been in the house. And just for our listeners who may not know, at that time period, the house had actually been acting as a as an office space yes, for a publishing company, no? Correct. Again, for those who have been to the Dana Thomas house, okay, imagine writers like getting out reports in like the little children's library in the basement, right? I mean, it really fascinating to consider that people came to this space, put down their jacket and sat one of these high back chairs to start like writing. Yes, they they published medical journals and really we have to thank the Charles C. Thomas company because they kept the house pretty much intact. I mean they did have to put in some different lighting and some and did some painting. But for the most part, uh, when in the nineteen eighties the restoration was being done, uh, it was because of them that the restoration could be done and not have to totally rechange things. But the house um, and the woman who lived there and Frank Lloyd Wright, so all of that combines into great stories. And our foundation is is the group that helps promote the house. Um, and we do that in several ways. We have programs, so we have a lineup of programs coming up this fall. Uh, we raise money for the house. I mean, right now, the house is needing new carpets that are from the 1990s. So with all the people who come through the house now, the carpets need attention. And these aren't just a little carpet. These are, they have to be cut exact with the geometric patterns. So it's going to be a very expensive um, project that we're trying to raise money for. And we also put on programs. September 12th, we're having a bourbon event. Frank Lloyd Wright loved bourbon. Is that so? Yes. So it's going to be at Motorheads. You get tastes of high-end bourbons, and there'll be high-end bourbons that will auction off. This is our second annual bourbon event. (laughs) In November, we're having a program about Susan's best friend, Lee Gross Day, who was an artist a photographer, a poet, and she became nationally known for her artwork and her poetry. And a lot of her photography was actually done at Susan's house with Lee Gross Day's daughters and sometimes a few of the pictures of her sons also. What's interesting is that a friend of mine who is a docent at the house was giving a tour. At the end of the tour, a lady came over and said, well, I am the granddaughter of Lee Gross Day. So we have now been in contact with two granddaughters of Lee Gross Day and have had access to Lee Gross Day's portfolios, which are amazing, amazing artwork. 
And we're working with the Art Association to have a program and display some of, um, of Lee's work. The Springfield Art Association does immense, incredible work. Yes. They are also friends of the program. And, again, it is through cooperation uh, that we can really make as profound an impact as we want to. Mm-hmm. And the foundation wants to educate people, too. I mean, to promote the house, I think it's important for the people to know the history, the the people who were involved. And so one of the things we started doing was to look at and research, well, who were the neighbors of Susan back in the nineteen early 1900s? And so along Lawrence Avenue and 4th Street, you go down around by the governor's mansion and all those houses along there are still very historic places. We determined that there were people living near her who were her friends, who were lawyers, judges, store owners. Um, and we put together a walking tour brochure that you can pick up at, at our sumac shop and take a walk down, takes you down past the governor's mansion around by Vachel Lindsay's home. Vachel Lindsay used to read poetry at Susan's house. So there's just a lot of history that we try to bring forward. Uh, last year at Valentine's, we had a dinner, and we recreated the 1912 Valentine party that Susan Lawrence Dana had had, where she introduced a singer from Chicago, and the next month she eloped with him. Ah, uh, yes, the famous story of the young man. Right. Yes, absolutely. and. Unfortunately, I won't spoil this for any of our listeners who have yet to have the pleasure of learning about this, but it's a, it's a romantic story that turns sad. Yes, you're right. Um, and again, this is the history that humanizes. This is the history that we learned that, that makes us think in our heads, well, that sounds like something that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Right? That sounds like something I could identify with. Right. In fact, today, as we're talking... This evening, we're having our annual meeting for our members, and we are having desserts with directors at Maldener's because, and we're, we're having a lemon sherbet because Susan Lawrence Dana used to order lemon sherbet from Maldener's, and we have uh, someone who's portraying Susan. So this is the kind of event that's just for members, so we always encourage people to join, and another event just for members is our holiday reception which is held at the Dana Thomas house at Christmas time which is beautiful but other events throughout the year are open to others we always have our June event jazz in bloom in the courtyard Susan used to have parties in the courtyard so we want to um, encourage people to really embrace this historic site we have here in Springfield and we promote it and um, hold programs to help people know about it, and get educated. President Cindy Klickner of the Dana Thomas House Foundation. We're celebrating 40 years as a foundation this year. Incredibly honored to get to speak to you again uh, about, absolutely, about another foundational institution designed to try to highlight what has made our community what it is up to this point. Um, How do we know which direction to go in into the future if we do not know which direction we've come from. Right. That's and correct. This is 
This is a uh, an existential question as much as it is a driving question, perhaps. Thank you so much for coming down, spending some time with us. And again, we look forward, just as in regards to the Sangamon County Historical Society, we look forward to having you down more often uh, and, and keeping the community aware of what has happened, what's going to happen. Yes, that's wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely our pleasure, President Cindy Klickner, the Dana Thomas House Foundation. This is Talk of the Town. This is Trent Nelson. Go take a walk at the Frank Lloyd Wright House when you can. Talk of the Town. We're here. It's Trent Nelson, and our guest today has been our guest before. Now that we're having more return guests, though, you can't for sure know who I'm talking about yet. But... It's Visit Springfield's own Amy Beadle, our very good friend. Thank you so much for coming down this morning, Amy. Trent, thank you so much for having me. You're always so kind. And I just love coming here and talking to you and talking about our wonderful city. It is a wonderful city. I was not born here, but I've been here for uh, nine months-ish. So I'm going to say our wonderful city. Well, welcome. (laughs) You are too kind. Uh, We have spoken in the past about what Visit Springfield does for the community. And we spoke about what August had in store. But, Amy, it's not August anymore. We (laughs) have to talk about what's going on in September because there's a lot going on in September. This will not air um, in time for you to talk any more about the Springfield Oyster and Beer Festival. You'll have to check that out on the previous iteration where we did get to speak about it. But please, tell the audience what they can get into this month and, and... Again, reassure them that that if you can't find anything to do in Springfield, you must be trying physically yes. not to. Yes, I think we agreed that that is our new slogan, that you must physically be trying to not find something to do if you can't find anything <laughs> to do in Springfield. It's a bit of a mouthful. I've been practicing it. I don't know if I have it quite rolling off the tongue yet. We're going to work it down. We're going to distill it further. But you're with us on the early bits here on Talk of the Town. Amy, please, the floor is yours. Tell us about September. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to say that. When looking at our website of events, we have over 60 events on our website for the month of September. So if I do my math about right, that might be like two things a day, but they're not obviously every day. So um, you can certainly get out and do a ton of stuff in September. So we have a few things that are going to be kind of winding down for the season and some of our longer term exhibits that are leaving. So if you're hearing this in time, know that the Gen X exhibit at the State Museum, which was wildly popular, that is leaving September the 4th. So if you're hearing this in time, make sure that you get there. If you haven't, you do not want to be the only person in Springfield that did not see that exhibit. Um, Then we've got our markets. So the Moonlight Market at Obed and Isaacs, that's the first and third Wednesdays of the month. Great vendor market there, open air. That will be ending September 20th. So two more opportunities for that. The products market at the state fairgrounds will run through the end of September. That's on Thursdays. And then the Old Capital Farmers Market for the summer series will end October 28th. And then also, there's a dinosaur exhibit at the Kidzeum. Again, if you're hearing this in time, that ends September 3rd. So make sure that you're getting out to see that with the kiddos. I went and saw it even as an adult. I thought it was really, really, really cool. So those are a few things coming up that are, you know, have been here for a while that are ending. I do want to point out the weekend of September 8th, 9th, and 10th. I realized that we were just seeing tons and tons of events that weekend. So I went ahead and added up on our website events page, there are 21 events across those three days. And what I love about the events are it's everything from the New Salem Bluegrass Festival to the 9-11 Ride to Remember that leaves from Halls Harley-Davidson at 9 a.m. on September the 10th. We have the Art Spectacular out at the Carillon for two days of juried art fair. We have the Family Fun Fest returning to Springfield on September 9th. The Secretary of State has their antique vehicle show coming back this year. 
And then we have the Capital City Century bike ride as well as the UIS 5K. So that's just a small bit of 21 events that we're tracking for that weekend in Springfield. 21 events across but one weekend. Yes. Amy, yeah, you might have to drink a little bit of extra coffee that weekend. Maybe, yeah, get um, up early and get that pot down. And right, our listeners, you heard Amy here first. Get up early, get the pot of coffee hot. And get booging because there is just an incredible amount to do. But I would be doing our community disservice if I didn't ask you about about some violins yes. that I've heard about recently. Please, would you tell us more about about how we can we can enjoy a little fiddling that has an incredible history and message to Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Thank you for asking about that. I just learned about this myself. And the Jewish Federation of Springfield is hosting an internationally known exhibit called Violins of Hope. Uh, events will take place from September 7th to the 13th for that week. There are 12 violins that have traveled around the globe giving voice uh, to these special instruments that inspired Holocaust victims. And so there are just, there's just incredible history and uh, a very powerful story and message to go along with that. So they'll be doing events, as I said, from September 7th to the 13th at various different places in Springfield, the State Museum, UIS, Lincoln Land, Trotter Hall, the Symphony Orchestra is uh, hosting one at the Temple, and then it culminates on September 13th at 6.30 at the Hoagland Center, that's a Wednesday, for the Musical Hope Final Concert. So I encourage anyone to uh, go to our website or contact the Jewish Federation of Springfield for more information, but I feel like this is something that is going to be very powerful and something that you won't want to miss while it's here because this could be, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to hear and see these incredible instruments with a story that's just so um, inspiring uh, where they came from. And many of these were, they belong to people who survived the Holocaust or these instruments themselves somehow survived the Holocaust and are here on display in Springfield and being played that week. Absolutely unbelievable. Go bring your family and feel something. Mm -hmm. Feel something powerful something that can give us pause for reflection Absolutely. and that we can all learn something together. It's We have a lot of great, fun, brilliant things to do across this September, but important events come in all shapes, sizes, packages, and forms, and I certainly am going to be there myself yes, when I, I can. So, I, I'm so happy that um, Nancy uh, from the Federation reached out to me. We had already had the main event on our website for the 13th, but then she shared all of this additional information and all of these other events that are happening, and, and it's just incredible uh, to have this whole week in Springfield uh, you know, for, for such an internationally known um, of instruments. So. Mr. Lincoln would be proud. Yeah. Mr. Lincoln would be proud. He thought of this place as a multicultural haven of beauty and wonder. And uh, it, we're always honored to have some people like uh, these violinists come by and, and play some really incredible deep music. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. And so we've spoken about the events that are maybe reaching their end mm -hmm. earlier in this month, later in this month. We spoke about a magical weekend of some 21 mm -hmm. different events. And we've spoken about this incredibly rich historical event that I don't think we should miss. But we surely must be missing some others. I've only counted about 20-ish, right? What else do you have for us, Amy? I think the biggest thing we're getting geared up for in the month of September would be the 22nd annual International Route 66 Mother Road Festival. That's going to roar into town September 22nd and be here for the weekend, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. If you have not been to the night cruise, 
uh, that comes uh, up 6th Street into downtown with hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of cars roaring into downtown in uh, opening of the festival. So definitely want to come and see that parade sit along 6th Street or Stevenson. Um, you know, the parade route will be on the website and, and take that in. But that is just literally the kickoff to a full weekend of uh, a car show. And uh, that is a judged car show if people wish to enter their cars into the show. We have people from all over the United States. I'm not sure if we've got international this year, but typically we'll have some international folks as well. And then also spectating is completely free. So come down into the 20 plus blocks of downtown that is closed off for this festival. It's massive. Food vendors, uh, they have, I think, maybe six or eight different bands on the Isringhausen Imports uh, stage. There will be the Miss Route 66 pinup contest sponsored by Springfield Vintage. Again, that's always a fun one to see the gals coming out dressed in the uh, the fun clothes and having a great time. Just a ton of things happening, not to mention absolutely the coolest cars you have ever seen. These people come into town, they get here early, they get their spot, and then they sit and they polish and they clean and they sparkle. And the cars in downtown Springfield are just incredible. And again, it's entirely free for spectators, as is Saturday at 3 p.m. on the corner of Washington and 7th Street, the burnout competition. That is something that will get your heart pumping. It is so much fun. We literally just have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people gathered around and these people come and they are just in it to win it, literally. They are just burning out to the point that they're literally burning the rubber off of their tires. It is, I don't know, to me, I think it's one of the most fun parts of the whole entire weekend. Absolutely. For those motorheads out there, not only do we have individuals coming in from out of town, but go down and support the locals yeah. who are who put a lot of work into these vehicles, who trick out their cars, who make them really spiffy and shiny and wonderful, and have a great time with the family. All of these events, they're all to be shared. Absolutely. And that's what's great about the festival is even if you don't have a car to enter or you're not really consider yourself, you know, a gearhead or a car, you know, fanatic, it's okay. It's just a festival, you know, food and people and music and just lots of a great energy and an awesome environment in downtown. And to that point, who says that we need to have the most knowledge of something to go and enjoy? Let's go down and enjoy it and learn. Absolutely. And not be afraid and take in new experiences. And that's why Amy Beadle of Visit Springfield comes down and hangs out with us mm -hmm. to let us know what things we can do. Let us know that this town's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of stuff to do here. Yeah. Amy Beadle, thank you so much for your time as always. We appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. This is Talk of the Town. Trent Nelson. Go out and live. Thanks for listening to Talk of the Town. We'll be back next Sunday morning. Talk of the Town is a public service of Midwest Family Springfield. If you have any questions about today's program or previous programs, contact the show at MidwestFamilySPI.com slash Talk of the Town or call Midwest Family Springfield at 217-629-7077.